Hi and come on down, it's time for For Your Reconsideration, a podcast which talks about good movies, bad movies, all the movies in between, and decides which one of them to give a rock and sack and jetpack to. <laughs> Here are Simon and James. How are you boys? Hey man. I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> uh, it's good, yes. <laughs> I'm great. Can you hear the kind of scratch in my voice? It's, <laughs> that's because all day has been Arnie. <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh, Merry Christmas, everybody. It's, it's great to see uh, and hear you. Obviously, I can only see you you two lovely men, um, but it's great to be together again. We're not quite calling this our Christmas special, are we? Or are we? I, suppo- I suppose we are. Yeah. 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 Why not? Yeah. I've just yeah. finished photocopying my own buttocks on my home photocopies because this is the closest I'm going to get to an office Christmas party this year. So. Forever soiled photocopy. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs S is not going to be impressed. But, well. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, it's, well, it's funny. It's, it's not going to be a typical Christmas, is it? I think that's... Um... <laughs> The bottom line. Uh, you've got me looking uh, sideways at the photocopier in the corner of my room, though, now, James. <laughs> Thinking what horrors I can bestow upon it. Um, how are you both? What have you been watching? Tell me everything. Oh, well, since we last spoke, I have become completely obsessed with the West Wing. You know, finger right on the pulse there, what, 21 years <laughs> after it first premiered. The hottest take you'll find around. <laughs> Can I shock you? It's really good. <laughs> it's a cast of fantastic actors delivering perfectly honed Sorkin dialogue in an idealised version of the White House. It's wonderful, and it holds the distinction of being my new sandwich show. Do you guys have a sandwich show? As, um What's a sandwich show? <laughs> ah, right. So this is an oasis in the middle of the work day. So you get up, you're in your home office, you, you work right up until lunchtime, and then sandwich, 42-minute episode of The West Wing, bosh. It's a little oasis in the COVID chaos oh, that we find ourselves lovely. in and make me drag myself away from my desk for 45 minutes. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it immensely. Oh, I like that. Great. I thought you were going to say it as a sandwich, as in like it's the the actual good quality piece of TV in between two horrendous Amer- American reality TV programs. <laughs> Are you still still hung up on Below Deck? Sorry. Oh yeah, absolutely. On <laughs> season four now, season five now actually. <laughs> it's so it the algorithms right. One of them after we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, like it came up my thing like. Do you want to watch Below Deck on Hey You? Like, <laughs> no, I don't want to. But how do you know that? <laughs> how do you know that? <laughs> uh, I also watched something a little more current as well. So I watched Mank, the new David oh, Fincher film, yes. which came out on Netflix on the 4th of December. So it may not be the best film of the year, which I was secretly hoping it would be. But my God, it's certainly the best looking. Mm. It's photographed in gorgeous monochrome and wonderfully scored by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. The film is a fascinating, if flawed, character study that serves as a tremendous illustration of the 1930s Hollywood studio system, warts and all. For me, Finch has made better films, and I'm sure he will make better films in the future as well. But I dug this on the whole, and I'm slightly surprised by some of the lukewarm reviews it's got. Mm, Very interesting. Mm. I've only seen a big five-star from Robbie Collin, and everyone else seems a bit kind of off on it. But everyone's kicking off because of the age of Gary Oldman and uh, Herman Mankiewicz, the, the guy who he's playing. Yeah. 
Um, and it's like, oh God, of all the things to get annoyed about, like, Jesus Christ. It's not a documentary, lads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like all the people who got, uh, who were furious that Tom Hardy was Bane because he's he's like five foot eight or something. He's like, this is outrageous. <laughs> like, how dare he play the, this big character when he's so small? It's like, oh, fucking hell, magic of cinema, lads. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like this thing that Netflix do around November, December. They give uh, one of the modern auteurs complete carte blanche to make a really expensive passion project. So they've had Roma, The Irishman, and now Mank, Three Years on the Row. Three films that wouldn't have been able to get made during no, the, absolutely. Uh, in the studio system. Because there's there's no real... I mean, The Irishman could have, but not at that budget level. No. Because um, wasn't Mank, like, wasn't the script, like, throwing around Fincher from, like, before Seven? Didn't he have yeah. versions of the script, like, years and years ago? Well, his dad wrote it. Right. His late father wrote the screenplay. Oh, serious? His dad was a journalist, and when he retired, he sort of went, oh, what am I going to do with myself? So he wrote a screenplay. Um, and he sort of used the Pauline Kael essay from Raising Cain as a jumping off point, which argues that Orson Welles wasn't an author of Citizen Kane. Um, it's largely been discredited now. And I think if you know anything about movie making, it's clear that they both co-authored that film. But they sort of take a, they take a bit of a fanciful look at it and because it's more dramatically interesting. But I dug the movie. I thought it was really good. Nice. Yeah, I... I... I do, I do. Um, it's it's definitely high on my list, but I, I want to rewatch Citizen Kane before I watch it. I think that's sort of uh, the sensible thing to do rather than jumping straight in. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Mm. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what you guys think of it. To be honest, yeah. I mean, um, I have to be completely honest. Um, Fincher is the only reason I would be in. You know, try and watch it again. If I had all the time in the world, I'd be watching it all this all the time. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to feature. I would expect I might see it by 2045. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> we'll still be going then. You can fill us in when we're, when we're on whatever episode <laughs> yeah. that may be. Because there'll never not be mediocre movies, will there? So, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> no, it's funny, uh, actually, because I was really interested in um, some of the takes that were throwing around. I mean, again, Fincher is another... Um, we were talking um, just before, weren't we, about Christopher Nolan, just before we came on yeah. air, about how he could do pretty much anything. This is obviously in reference to his comments about the Warner Brothers and HBO Max deal, which is interesting. Two-footed. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yes, he he sort of... Um, he Yeah, what, uh, what's his name? Nolan went in two-footed and then started walking off the pitch before even seeing the referee's reaction. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even wait for the red. <laughs> He's gone. Um, but yeah, Finch is one of those directors that I would watch him do any absolutely anything. I really would. Um, but this just doesn't hasn't grasped my imagination at this point but i do like that though what you're saying james about the netflix model it seems to be of giving an a-list director an absolute you know um a golden ticket almost do whatever it is they really want to do yeah they only do this once a year though they put a lot of yeah pap out in between to pad it but (laughs) seven or eight adam sandler movies (laughs) i love it i wonder who's going to get the golden ticket next year from netflix please jcvd Imagine <laughs> his hard target writer director sequel. For... Oh, just on a slight hard target thing, did you guys? You guys, I, I don't know whether you will have seen it, but that um, I know I shared it. That trailer for the Lance Henriksen um, Viggo Mortensen dementia movie looks unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's getting really good reviews as well. Yeah, it's supposed to be. Pete Bradshaw really liked it. Oh, did he? 
Yeah. Good old Doehead. Uh, he, uh, Lance Henriksen and the word um, a revelation keeps getting used. It's amazing. I'm absolutely loving He's it. He's a good actor. If he didn't have a boner for Bigfoot movies, then he'd have <laughs> a much more successful career. There's nothing wrong with, with, with Bigfoot. There's nothing wrong. So, what have you been watching? <laughs> <laughs> well... I had a I had a glorious return to the cinema this week. Um, oh yes, you did. As it as is the season, uh, my favourite cinema in London, the Genesis. They've started their Christmas slate. So um, my other half and I went. We went to cosy up, got some mulled wines, got on the big sofas in the cinema to watch that delightful family festive classic, Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> <laughs> It is a Christmas movie. <laughs> if Die Hard's a Christmas film, Eyes Wide Shut's right, a Christmas yeah. film. So, <laughs> but I, I really, I've not seen it before. Actually, it was like a first time watch for me. So it was great watching it in the cinema. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, it's so like tantalizingly mysterious, and uh, New York's just been masterfully recreated uh, at Pinewood Studios because Kubrick had a big fear of flying at the time when he was making it, and he lived in England. So they did it all at Pinewood. And I, I, I blew my mind when I saw that at the credits at the end, that it was all filmed on studio. Well, every bit of it? Yeah, they recreated uh, Greenwich in, in New York in Pinewood Studios. It That's looks brilliant. It looks amazing. Astonishing. Apparently he sent out like the crews to um, sort of New York to measure out the streets and get the right signage and all stuff like that to like get it spot on. But um, yeah, it looks amazing. The thing I found really funny about it was... It, and it's kind of thing you get in a lot of Tom Cruise movies is that every single person he encounters in the film, they just turn to putty when he addresses them. <laughs> like, you know, like he's the most handsome person on, on God's green earth. I found it a bit distracting because you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, everyone's just fawning over him like they're a teenage girl when he talks to them. It's like, oh, Jesus no. Christ. Um, especially when Alan Cummings in it, he's that he plays like a hotel clerk and he's just like you know drooling at tom cruise and it's just ridiculous but alan Alan cummings (laughs) as in um the scottish bloke who was night crawler yeah yeah yes and i am invincible in golden yes yeah yeah he's in it um Um, um, oddly i recently saw him um playing one of the love interests in um a (laughs) mr bean red nose day special of blind date (laughs) It was um, behind the curtain was the three men and one was played by Alan Cumming and then one oh, of the really? was Mr Bean. Yeah, wow. he was Roddy from Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I uh, I thought it was a great film. I really enjoyed it because I'd never really seen it because um, I remember when it came out, it kind of got a bit tepid reviews and. Uh, but it, it's really good. I thought. I thought it was ma- amazing. Nice. Yeah, I watched it for the first time this year. I found it very, very good. And fascinating. Yeah, really. And good. there's a. I think there's quite a. There's a lot of different readings you can take on that film, but I won't mention them here because we might get sued. <laughs> because I think there's some stuff that. Uh, yes. Oh. Yes, there is, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, you, you, you hear all these stories that uh, you know what Kubrick made Kidman and. Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise do to get right for the roles and stuff, and and how he shot it. It was like it's one of the longest running productions ever. I think. I think yeah. they shot it for like over four hundred days. No way, which yeah. is really? insane. Yeah. So Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman had their kids over in England and everything for like well over a year, and then there was a year in post production after that, after photography wrapped. So it's just a 
there's got to be a documentary on it somewhere because oh, I bet it's fascinating be. to see what everything behind the scenes on that. And those Kubrick docs are always amazing as well. Yeah, 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 really good. Sheesh. Um, so yeah, what have you been watching, Rob? Well, um, I'm going to be dead honest, and I've not watched anything new since I last saw you guys. Um, <laughs> I've, I've had my finger on the pulse, though. Um, I know that my local multiplex, uh, the Odeon Luke's, don't know how you say it, Luke's, Luke's, Luke, whatever it is, um, it's Luke's with an E on the end, has got a um, Christmas schedule as well. So every day um, across Christmas, they've got not just like one Christmas film on, they've got like a massive handful. So they're showing Miracle on 34th Street, um, it is 34th, isn't it? Yes. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, Home Loans 1 and 2, Gremlins. They've got National Lampoons. Um, I'd spend a day there. It sounds ace. Honestly, yeah. they have, and they've also got Die Hard on the big screen again as well. Awesome. So um, the double whammy of being able to see it on the big screen and also to use it to settle the debate if it's a Christmas movie or not. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Uh, but the thing that really resonated this week is uh, my daughter... I was watching The Box and I was watching Dubois... Um, lose to Jane, um, to Joe Joyce. Joe, yeah, Joe, James Joyce is the Irish novelist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dubliners, uh, yeah, sorry, to Joe Joyce, yeah. And just before um, Dubois' eye went boom, um, my daughter said, "I'd really like to watch a film, and I really want that film to be Back to the Future." And obviously, I'm like made up because she's yeah. going through all the good stuff now. And I'm watching it in the background, and then you know I'm doing something else. I start doing a bit of work in the background, and the movie finishes. And as the movie finishes, the final scene obviously is Marty goes back to uh, 1985, and it's an altered 1985, isn't it, where his family is successful, mm. and yeah. his brother and sister are in the um, in the living room there, and there's a little exchange in this moment where I'm like, oh my word, Zemeckis is our kind of dude. He gets it. He flipping gets it. He's American, but he understands. The Craig and Greg issue. <laughs> Can I just read this dialogue from the end? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Dave says, first of all, I'm not your answering service. Second, someone named Greg or Craig called you just a little while ago. <laughs> well, which one was it? Greg or Craig? I don't know. I can't keep up. <laughs> he gets it. Zemeckis is one of our boys. So um, this, uh, I've dined out on that for well over a week now. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely Bobby Z. Settled oh, no, me yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, super stuff. Um, but that's it. No, I can't lay claim to have watched anything else. Watched a couple of episodes of The Witcher. Still really enjoying it. But, yeah, it's good. Um, uh, so, still a lot of boobs in that? Um, lots of, um, uh, no, actually, the, the most recent episode. Um, oh, my, w- flipping heck, of course, sorry. It had a transformation scene, which was all nude. So, yeah. <laughs> There be boobies ahead. Uh, so yeah, it's very saucy. Yes, Rudy Doodies everywhere. <laughs> um, James, um, tonight's movie had you um, cock a hoop with a question, didn't it? It did. Uh, so in tonight's film, there is some questionable parenting at best, um, particularly from the fathers <laughs> in the movies. Um, so I thought, why not discuss the best and worst movie dads? This this is I found this hard, Sai, what about you? Yeah, there was a couple what jumped out like straight away. Um Good Dads, Larry Fishburne in Boys in the Hood. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I when I was when I was young watch because I watched Boys in the Hood when I was quite young and I just remember watching it thinking, This is the wisest man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. And another good one. Every time J.K. Simmons plays a a dad, <laughs> yes. it's like in Juno, or um, 
He was in. He was the thingy's dad in "I Love You, Man" as well. Um, yes, he and, was. Yeah, and he was. Like, Andy Samberg was his brother. It was uh, Paul Rudd's brother, and he was like saying how much he he was his best friend. Oh. <laughs> his brother. He's like, and your brother Robbie here is my best friend. <laughs> he's like, what? Oh. <laughs> he's so good. So yeah, J.K. Simmons is is great as as a, as an on screen dad as well. I don't think I love you, man. Gets enough love anywhere. No, it's I like, really I'm slapping the yeah. bass, man. <laughs> <laughs> slapping the bass. <laughs> oh, it's great. Maybe that's one for us. Maybe that is. Maybe, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't us. know how it how it did at the box office, but it's it's very good. It's very good. Mm. Well, I like that movie. Um, yeah, th- there was a lot that really stuck in a way. Um, good Splinter. <laughs> for me it's the ultimate movie dad like, he doesn't need to be there he doesn't. He could have seen these turtles and just gone I'll bin this off I ain't yeah. bothering with this but no he, he saw something there that, and, it, and it it triggered something within him and he carried it on through a, a, a life changing mutation yeah <laughs> so, no absolutely yeah, I just think he's the most dedicated dad I can remember in cinema um, bad it, it, I know I ragged on him last week, but Darren McCord is awful. <laughs> From sudden death, <laughs> the fireman returns he just, to the yeah, he starts off. The kids and, and wife have binned him off because he's the sad fireman. And then when he finally gets to spend time with them, he chooses not to spend time with them. He loses his cool with them immediately, then nearly gets them both killed. When he finally gets one of them back, he prom- promptly loses her again. I don't think it's because he wants to be a bad dad. I just think he's absolutely useless. <laughs> Um, but there's one that immediately came to mind. I would like to draw you to the character of David Drayton in 2007's The Mist. Great dad all the way through the movie until <laughs> yeah. a moment of crass judgment means he shoots his own kid in the head. <laughs> the ultimate bad dad move in my book. He did the wrong thing for the right reasons. He did. I mean, <laughs> still. The ending. To that film is, I seem to like thinking how brilliant that was. Yeah. Because when he realizes what ha- what's happened, mm. he only had to wait about ten seconds, and it would have been. Oh dead. no no! And he's I just know. he's I just know. going. It's, <laughs> yeah. pro- it's pure horror. I love that movie so much. I think oh, it's no, one of the I best do. horror movies too. of the last twenty years. Honestly, it's so impactful. I'm a hundred percent agree. I love that movie so much. The audiences across the pond did not like that grim ending, did they? It went down really badly with the Americans. <laughs> so good though. James, what about your good dads and bad dads? Because I'm gonna—I'd like to save my worst dads for the end, if that's all right. Okay, yeah, no, no. Uh, so best dads couldn't separate these two, so it's a tie between Brian Mills from Taken and John Matrix in Commando. Oh, yes. uh, so both these movie dads protect their offspring with extreme prejudice. You'd sleep easy knowing that you had those badasses as protectors, <laughs> mm. wouldn't you? Mm. Um, worst dad. Potentially a bit of a hot take, so prepare yourselves there. So I'm going to go for the worst dad is Daniel Hillard, a.k.a. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yes, yes. 100%. <laughs> Fully agree. Fully what a agree. terrible dad. <laughs> <laughs> so 
The road to therapy is paved with good intentions, and while the love that Daniel Hillard has for his children is not in question, dressing as an elderly English housekeeper just to see your kids, being caught peeing standing up in said garb by your son, and poisoning your children's new stepdad is going to give your offspring many issues in later life. <laughs> just deception. He's like deceiving and lying it's to pure, his it's children. It's pure deception. He's a maniac, and it's the reason that we haven't seen Mara Wilson since 1997. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Mara Wilson, my worst dad is uh, Mr. Wormwood in Matilda. Oh yes, oh, yeah. um, obviously he's terrible in the film. As Roald Dahl always writes, that you know Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood are horrible, horrible parents. But the complete opposite was true to real life Daddy DeVito during that film because um, I think it came out on Twitter a couple of years ago. It was just like a really random question. Um, what was put out and Mara Wilson got back to it and said like during the filming the, the the question was something like I'm sick of hearing bad stories about celebrities I want to hear good wholesome stories and she said oh Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman basically looked after me during the filming of Matilda because her mum was diagnosed with breast cancer and had to go into hospital and he's just like oh my god so like yeah apparently Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman like took Mara Wilson in who's this what eight year old child actress whose mum's just going through this horrible horrible thing and it was a mum who actually persuaded her to do the film because it was a role she loved from the books and Mara Wilson loved as a kid unfortunately her mum got really really sick sorry to take this to a morose thing but I just think it's just no no this is important um, I feel and she Mara Wilson didn't know this at the time but Danny DeVito who was also the director of the film Mm. took an early cut to show her mum on a in a hospital um, so she could see her her daughter playing, you know, bringing this role of Matilda to life before she sadly passed away. Oh. Um, and I just saw that before. I was like, oh my god! I just like, I'm crying. Now. I'm welling up now. Like it's just, but like, That's wonderful. It's just a really. I mean, it's really obviously a really sad story about Mara Wilson's mum during that film. But to play such a horrible character on screen and treat this little girl so horribly on set. Uh, but then in the actual, in a real life, just to be the complete opposite of that and how amazing Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman were. Yeah, I just thought, I just thought it was lovely. No, a amazing. really like, I, nice, heartwarming story. Thanks, Shai. Thanks for bringing that to attention. I didn't know any of that at all. That's amazing. Um, and I think as well, you know, um, we obviously converse um, in the world of film Twitter quite a bit, which is all so quick to criticise sometimes. Um, so to have a really good news, oh, a story that reinstills a bit of human faith like that, um, yeah, he's all the better. You always get there's loads of good stories of Danny DeVito roll, rocking around. Yeah, yeah. I, I no, I loved. I, I love this. Um, we're all about having fun, of course, but at the same time, we're all about positivity, and that's probably the most positive thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. great. Lovely, wholesome story for our Christmas episode. Yes. And let's be honest, we're not going to get much more ho- wholesome yeah, in this particular episode. Not, especially <laughs> because, you know, like, went midway through that that story, so I was like, oh my God, I've got to give the logline of this film now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, it's all right, Rob. We'll break it up with, like, a trailer for, for another podcast. Oh, please podcast, do, yes, please yes. do. Yeah, yeah. Here's <laughs> another podcast on the Podpage Network. <laughs> Hello crime fans, I'm Sean Coleman. I'm Chris McDonald. And I'm Rob Parker. We are crime authors. Well, 
I'm a publisher too. And I'm a giggling buffoon. <laughs> we are the Blood Brothers and this is our podcast. Every week we speak to the best and brightest in the world of crime fiction. And embarrass ourselves hugely. No, that's just you. Yeah, definitely just you. Great. Coming to you from the Pod Dojo Network. And sponsored by Red Dog Press. We've got new episodes heading your way all the time. With giveaways and games. Interviews and insight. And laughter. Lots of laughter. Check us out now. On all your favourite streaming services. And give us five stars so we can't be our own one-star superstar. The Blood Brothers Podcast, your one-stop shop for the best crime chit-chat. So, Logline. In a colourful, barbaric world of hedonistic excess, an incredibly selfish man will do anything to bring some Christmas spirit and find the sold-out toy of his son's dreams, including... Various assaults, both physical and vehicular, terrorism, vandalism, deception, verbal threats, alcohol abuse, disregard of air traffic laws, the grievous bodily harm of a little person, confidence tricks, gaslighting, massive nut shots, and animal cruelty. But it was the 90s. <laughs> of course, it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger holiday caper. Jingle all the way. A children's film. <laughs> a ch- <laughs> Miraculously, it's children. Every holiday season, there's one toy everyone has to have. I want the Turbo Man action figure with the arms and legs that move, and the Rocket Roar jetpack, and the Boomerang shooter. Getting it is every child's dream. Whoever doesn't can be a real loser. Finding it. You got the doll, right? Is this father's nightmare. I'll get that toy. I promise. Whoa! Nothing like waiting till the last minute, I would say. Especially on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Turbo Man, you're mine! They're all gone. These two are looking for a Turbo Man! <laughs> Where's your Christmas spirit? The last one just left. Now, it's two fathers. This is war. One mission. Baby. <laughs> and every man for himself. I'm thinking maybe, you know, we could join up as a team. You know, like, like Starskin Hutch. We're late delivery of Turbo Man and Toy Works. Let's go. Is there a problem, officer? <laughs> you can never do too much to make a child's Christmas magical. Hey, buddy. <laughs> From the director of Mrs. Doubtfire. You want a Turbo Man for Christmas? Forget it, I'm not going to sit in your lap. Tony, Sean. That was taken this morning. And from the director of the Flintstones. Don't open that up. No, no, no. Of course, there's uh, some assembly required. You know what you guys are? Nothing but a bunch of sleazy con men in red suits. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sinbad. I work for the post office and I'm unstable. Tell him. This man is totally insane. Thank you. Christmas comes, but once a year. No! Jingle all the way. You picked the wrong day. So jingle all the way. This is the result of our uh, listener selection Christmas poll. It is. Yeah. Um, there were all sorts of movies uh, thrown into the hat here. We decided because it was Christmas, we'll go for a Christmassy themed one. And 
you spoke. This is what you want. Give the people what they want. Exactly. And here we are. We've now. I've just got off from watching. Uh, you know, Jingle All the Way with my three kids. Got their reviews and favourite bits, which I'll share later. So yeah. <laughs> Jingle all the way it is. Yeah, so this was suggested by our listener, uh, David Roy Carr. What a man. And uh, he's put forward why he wanted us to cover this on the show. So he says he likes this film as it's a great, easygoing, cheesy comedy and is suitable for the whole family. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's a good example of Arnie not taking himself too seriously. I think he works well with Sinbad and they have good chemistry. My favourite performance is from the late Phil Hartman, though, who I think is excellent. So thanks very much for that, Dave. Cheers, DRC, you top man. You've put it forward. We put it to the people. And this is what people have asked for. So jingle all the way it is. And, and can I just remind you, this is democracy. Just it so is. We know. <laughs> no lawsuits here. This is democracy. Well, this was this in um, Krampus, wasn't it? And it... And it narrowly one hour yes good suggestion dave because no one mentions jingle all the way when you're talking about christmas movies i don't think it's kind of fallen off a cliff a bit so yeah it's good to to have this and rewatch it mm, yes very much so um and i'll be completely honest i was um really hoping that krampus won but in that it didn't i didn't start a lawsuit against the fyr <laughs> <laughs> Overlords, so we know. And we didn't stop the count when Krampus was actually winning the poll either. <laughs> yeah. Although we did message each other, stop the count, stop the count. Are you just waiting until uh, Rudy Giuliani's uh, schedule clears up so you can get him on board? I'm just waiting until he's available so he can fart COVID on everyone in a courtroom near you. Uh, <laughs> uh, gosh, that guy used to be a hero. Anyway, um... <laughs> Gents, what I, I I couldn't fathom the answer to this question if I asked you right now, which I'm gonna. What is your relationship with Jingle All the Way? I believe I've seen it before because I checked on my letterbox to see if I'd seen it before, and I've rated it one star before. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't Spoiler. actually remember from actually watching this film. I don't actually remember seeing it. I don't remember half of the mental stuff that happens in this movie. That's for sure. So, what about you? I I think I actually went to the cinema to watch this when I was oh, a kid. Yes. So it was in ninety six, was. was it? So I would have been ten. But you know, as a kid, I don't think as as most kids were in the nineties, I was a massive, massive fan of Arnie. Yeah. Um. So to actually you know be able to go and watch one of his f- films in the cinema, yeah, was was a mate was brilliant because you know the films I was sort of I loved him for I probably wasn't allowed to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but courtesy of Nana, you're still well. There. Yeah, yeah. So, courtesy of Nana, God I bless you, Nana. And you know, believe it or not, I actually quite liked Sinbad at the time as well because uh, I used to watch his uh, cancelled after one season sitcom on um, on Trouble. Do you remember that channel? Oh, Trouble! Oh, yeah, yeah. It was the, it, in the UK. It was like the teenage TV channel that had all it the was, wasn't it? ABC, NBC sitcoms like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, My Wife and Kids. LL Cool J sitcom in the, in house. the house, amazing as well. What a, what a show! Hanging with Mr. Cooper, uh, and Sinbad was on it as well. So I loved all that stuff growing up. So yeah, that was part of that sort of family of sitcoms uh, that I loved. So yeah, I went for Sinbad as well as Arnie, and um, I remember really liking it as a kid. But I haven't seen it since. This is the first time I've, I've seen it since then. I think. Wow. Um, I'll be completely honest. Um, the Ferrari. Um, at the time of Jingle All the Way coming out and it being an Arnie Christmas movie, totally passed me by. Um, 
so I don't think I actually watched this until um, what I thought was today. And my daughter then said to me, as we were watching it, like, oh, yeah, we watched this last Christmas. <laughs> Did we? Did we? So it might have been on a, you know, like a sort of a rather drowsy afternoon last Christmas, <laughs> having imbibed a little on the old Christmas sherry. But I don't really, I didn't really remember. Um, and then certain moments I did remember, like, and the moments we will talk about, I was like, oh, I do remember this. I do remember this. Well, chinning a reindeer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember that. Uh, so, yeah. I don't, I, so I don't really have any point of reference. I started taking notes. Had to give up because it was just completely absurd. Um, so, yeah. Um, pretty much a fresh pair of eyes from me today. Um, it must qualify, though, I assume. Are we talking budget or are we box office? James, where where are you at with the numbers? Yes, so this opened on November 22nd of 1996 and made $12.1 million in its first weekend in the US. And it opened at number four behind Star Trek First Contact, Space Jam and Ransom. Ooh. Oh, Mel Gibson. Yeah, good movie, that. It is a good movie, that. Mm. Rennie Russo oh. as well. Yeah, that is a good Yeah, movie. Ron Howard directed. Oh. Uh, it went on to gross $129 million worldwide, recouping its $75 million budget. $75 million? Wow. Yeah. Arnie was bringing down the Benjamins at this point, <laughs> even though he's so... What did they you give can... him? $70 million? <laughs> <laughs> You can sort of see from his filmography, if you go through now, this is sort of the tipping point. He has Eraser and Jingle All the Way come out in the same year, and then it's just That's slowly right. on the yeah. way... on the everything's a turd or a mediocre action movie after that. Like he doesn't work with any of the top action guys again or anything. And he's sort of on life support in terms of just waiting for a Terminator sequel to come out that he can be in. And then he goes off to be, uh, to be governor of California, which keeps up the FYR, um, uh, Christmas tradition of having a disgraced politician star in the, in the Christmas movie. (laughs) It went to number one in the UK, though, so we were all up for it. We, had, we hadn't jumped off the Arnie train just yet, and Simon apparently made up some of that box office. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> Full family adventure, definitely. I've mi- I think I've missed something, actually. I clearly have, in the shock horror of hearing it cost $75 million to make this movie. <laughs> what did it actually make again? Sorry, James. I'm, I've, my mind has gone absolutely blank. It made 125, so I don't think it's a massive hit given uh, yeah, what the, the marketing would have been on yeah, top. Not yeah, not really, a budget yeah. like that. And not yeah. for an Arnie movie as well. So, yeah, no. it is sort of. Th- was this after True Lies? Yeah, it yeah. True been. Lies is the last good one, I would say. Yeah. Yes. Not that I'm tipping my hand on my thoughts on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's much to love here, James. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, critically then. Um, Talk to me. Oh, yes. So from one of the highest rated movies we've ever done in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh, we're going right down to the bottom end of the drain pipe with this one. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think this the is... sewer reference! <laughs> this is easily one of the lowest rated films we've done, especially in terms of critical on Rotten Tomatoes, at least, because it's on 15%. On I think Tomatoes. it's the lowest we've done. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty bad. low. Um, slight, slightly less damaging... On Metacritic with 34, but nevertheless, this film was pretty slated on release. Neil Smith on BBC.com saying, You'll need an awful lot of Christmas cheer to forgive Arnold Schwarzenegger for his fourth and hopefully last venture into comedy 
a turkey that needs stuffing on the most inaccessible shelf of your local video store. And Mark Savlov of the Austin Chronicle uh, give it a big fat lonely zero uh, out of five and said, (laughs) unfunny and worse unpleasant. Jingle all the way is holiday cheer from the warped psyche of a Scrooge. Even the Grinch wouldn't like this one. Um, So, I mean, yeah, it didn't go down well with a critical fraternity, but it wasn't entirely bad. Um, I couldn't find a Mick LaSalle review, unfortunately, but Ebert, you, Ebert saw it and um, Ebert reviewed it fairly well. He gave it 2.5 out of his usual four, saying that he enjoyed the energetic charm of it all, even if it was a little sort of crass in places. On Letterboxd, it's currently sitting uh, 2.7, so like pretty straight down the middle, with a flurry of high-end reviews such as uh, this, such as this from Cobra Rocky, the Citizen Kane of Christmas movies. <laughs> and, <laughs> Bold. And, and this one by uh, DEL, uh, who says, opinions are like assholes, and you guys are all opinions. <laughs> Very good. Oh, I love Letterboxd. It's absolutely brilliant. Oh. Yeah, Letterboxd is very funny. So it's got more it's got more love on there than it has on the, the critical side of things. <laughs> but yeah, that that's that's where it qualifies, I think. Because... Well, I mean it's it's got a lot more love on there than it has on Sky where I watched it and um I searched for it and it said one and a half stars out of five. <laughs> which which is really rare on Sky because they usually give everything four stars yeah, <laughs> because honestly, they want you to watch it. I was absolutely but do, are those critical reviews or are those their own reviews? Like, we have this film, we think it's a massive turd. Do you want to watch it? Yeah, I think it's their own, like, in house team. Is it? Like, film four. Yeah, film four <laughs> have their own in house review team. So I think it's the same for Sky. Oh, that's. They're basically that's saying it. this film will be leaving the service on Boxing Day. <laughs> <laughs> like... I mean, there's so much to unpack. Um, so we start straight in. Um, and we're straight into some mad, insane kids program that has echoes of Power Rangers, uh, yeah. Lone Ranger echoes as well. Yeah, it's insane. Expensive looking, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> spent about fifty p on it. <laughs> I think it's very much a riff, a riff on the Power Rangers craze of yes. how ridiculous kids got fawning over those action figures and and how crazy that they were in the shops and stuff and yeah we open up with his tv program which is obviously where this turbo what's he called turbo man turbo man, turbo yeah. man yeah turbo man it's so from. generic isn't it it's it like is. just zero effort put into that. <laughs> it's like the the desert locations like in power rangers and the uh, all the costumes and even like the bad guys henchmen look like the power the colors they? yeah the, the yeah, demon yeah. team the demon team they co- when they come out and they're all in the different colors yeah yeah so i think it's very much a sort of like sending up power rangers and um what were they called saban was it who yes because kids tv programs were to sell toys weren't they transformers Turtles, Ghostbusters, they were all just to sell toys. They didn't yeah. really care about the quality of the programs themselves. And we'd yeah. lapped it all up like greedy little piggies, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> I do love a greedy little piggy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I also thought that um, there was an odd... Um, I don't know whether it's which way round this came, but Iron Man... Um, do you think that maybe, like they saw this and was like, 
We can't do Iron Man for another 10 years at least. <laughs> we can't do a buffed geezer in a red and gold suit for at least a decade. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, I don't, yeah it's mad. There are, for me, there was definite Iron Man hearts with the, the jet the jetpack um, yeah. and all the gadgets and the rock'em sock'em. Um, yeah. And this would have been after Toy Story as well. So It, it would, yeah. Light, yeah. Very yeah, Buzz Lightyear. Buzz yeah. Lightyear. And, and that, again, had a similar thing of it, all his action figures selling out everywhere so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this is all about jake lloyd we could do an episode on him immediately oh i know yeah and yeah. not go any a piece further. of wood with a bowl cut haircut <laughs> <laughs> bless him how old is he depression About seven yeah. <laughs> yeah i like to think that george lucas took his family to see uh jingle all the way and went Oh, that piece of wood with the lovely haircut. I'll have him for Anakin Skywalker. Gorgeous <laughs> George Lucas. Oh, you know what? He's turning to... Oh, would you look at that? You know, he made him sound like a like Geppetto. <laughs> we could make him a real boy. <laughs> um, yeah, and Jake Lloyd is watching this show and he loves it and he's in the coziest den in the whole world. Yeah, oh yeah, lovely. Yeah, really nice. Shoes on indoors, don't like that. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's like a gag about, you know, will dad come to the karate? Oh, he's probably, you know, uh, he's working really, really hard. And then in a filmmaking sense, and this is where we're going to start, you know, we'll have to bring in uh, director Brian Levant. But the suggestion is, with the cut they make to some insane well no it's not really insane it's just an office party with canapes isn't it <laughs> it's a half-hearted yeah th- th- he's like, party, like whoa like... living it all up smashing onto everyone at the party at the christmas party yeah the day before christmas eve and it, what is he like the manager of a mattress shop <laughs> of all the things he could have been and it's like a manager of a mattress <laughs> shop and he, he's like a montage of him on the phone isn't he and he's like yeah. he's got this thing where he's, this stock answer where he says like oh you're my number one customer and you're like how how many mattresses do people need to be repeat buyers at a mattress shop Some, someone on, on his thing orders 200 unreal you want 200 for tomorrow yeah we can do it no problem like who buys 200 mattresses on the day before Christmas Eve they're <laughs> expecting some bumper Boxing Day meltdown. <laughs> Ridiculous. I mean, what's more far-fetched, the massive bulk buying of mattresses on Christmas Eve or the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger was supposed to believe that he is called Howard in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Howard Langston. Um, yeah, I mean, like that's of all the logic stretches in the film, him being a mattress salesman is one of the greatest <laughs> logic leaps. How is it like a, a proper dieseled mattress? They must be heavy, those mattresses. They're <laughs> <laughs> so like a brick. It's well, no, he's, he's sat up in that really little and it's funny actually like because there's only a few mentions of how jacked Arnie is in this film. Yeah. Um and they're really like um it's other it's other people being like derogatory towards him <laughs> later on, isn't it? It's like not like floor Arnie, you're in a good nick, aren't you? But yeah. every now and then you realise like he's absolutely hench. He is yeah. uh, humongous. It's ridiculous, <laughs> and I think it. Uh, I think the uh, film is making a comment on the fact that unless you're a movie star, any father who looks like that must be a terrible father because when he's not at work, <laughs> he's, he's at the gym, gym. instead of playing <laughs> yeah. spending time with his family. I'm I'm sorry, Jamie. 
Got to eat this protein. Can't I've got it. to bench press 200 mattresses <laughs> that have just been ordered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the suggestion as well is that he's not in charge. Of, he's not the owner of the mattress firm. He's just like an executive there or something like that, like the top salesman. Yeah, he has a lovely office, to be fair. Lovely hat. He must be coining it in, in the mattress industry. The business must be booming for mattresses. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you seen where they work? There's four mattresses on the floor downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. It's because they've sold all the mattresses, Rob. They're hugely yeah, successful. Yeah, he's just tried 200 out, hasn't he? <laughs> uh, from one ridiculous thing to the next, we go from a mattress shop to his son's Karate show at school. Stop it. Stop it. Why is it not the nativity or something? Stop Why it. Is it Everyone loves a Christmas karate show, of course. Are we in All Valley? Are we in All Valley well, this now, is... like, where karate is hot stuff? <laughs> I, I don't have an answer. I wish I had an answer. I just don't know why this is happening. And the fact is, right, you think as well, like, oh, the karate will come back at some point <laughs> later in the film. And it doesn't at all. It's completely pointless. Is it, uh, there might be one bit where it comes back. Right. You'll have to shout it out when we get to it. I will shout I missed it out. It. I will shout out. But yeah, it's not it's not really like the the major story point that signposted. <laughs> um oh. and also you know, we, we get the suggestion as well, obviously, that um there's this other geezer, Ted, who's uh, a rival supposed alpha who's <laughs> sniffing around Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Arnold. I mean, I've got a note for uh, horny Ned Flanders here. <laughs> <laughs> All of the women in this little suburb Love all it. want to get off with horny Ned Flanders, <laughs> yeah. right? Don't go for the one who's... Ha- whose husband is literally built like a building. <laughs> <laughs> he will Lynn. crush you. He's got such a nice voice, this guy. I know. Oh, it's great. It, it's so good. And I, I, like this is my favourite performance of the film. Uh, yeah, Phil I Hartman. agree with Dave oh, totally yeah. on yeah, this. Yeah, Dave, you get our absolute thumbs up here, man. Th- uh, this is the standout turn in this film. Because um, I'm going to be completely honest, I, fa- I feel that Arnie struggles with a lot of this. <laughs> I think he finds quite a lot of this... Tonally tough. I think the emotional stuff in a more dramatic production, he's not, he's not bad at. But like this is because tonally, this film has no idea what it is. Absolutely well, not a clue. Well, apparently, uh, we'll get to Simbad when he gets when <laughs> he gets there with him. And basically, every time Simbad is on screen, he basically does a tight, not so tight, two minutes that he'd do at the comedy club. I assume. Yes. And a lot of that is improvised, and I think that Arnold felt the need to improvise, and I don't think that's his strength as an actor, to, to oh, be dear. honest. He's not done very, very many stand-up shows out of the comedy club, has he? <laughs> no. I mean, I thought, t- tonally-wise, it's all very Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes mm. slapstick, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's Pratt Falls, isn't it? it yeah, yeah. It's, that's kind of what it is. All, like Mainly physical comedy. And then Sinbad is supposed to be the comedy element in it, but <laughs> whether that's strictly paid. But no, Phil Hartman is great in this. And it is funny to have like the, the sort of physical comparison between him and Arnie. Mm. And it's like, well, this is ridiculous. And all the housewives love him, don't they? They're all just oh, like, yeah. oh, Ted, oh, you're, this I... child, you're so generous to the community. Yeah. Maybe you come round and show me how to do this. And the thing is as well, you later learn that Ted is only so sought after by all the women because he's doing all this uh, all this lovely stuff around the community, like 
getting really into the nativity scenes and the Christmas decorations and baking and all this. And you find out it's because his marriage failed. So basically he's only doing all of this because he wants to get laid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, every time that he's his character is alone, you see him sort of like curmudgeonly and angry about like, you know, he's trying to lead away the, don- the donkey, the reindeer. And he's like, come on, come on, come on. After he's done like, yeah, well, it's nice to give something back. You know, all this <laughs> stuff. He's great. He's my favourite character in the whole thing by an absolute distance. Um, Yep. uh, And Liz. Real like Liz. Yes. So, like, Howard's missed his... What's he called? Jamie. Howard's missed missed Jamie's karate show. Jamie's karate. He didn't make it. Um, And Jamie's a bit upset because his dad, he always misses these things. And he promises to make it up to him. And he's like, what can I get you for Christmas? And then this is where the main crux of the story comes. Day before Christmas Eve. This is amateur hour. (laughs) (laughs) In in so many ways, James. I mean, this is after Arnie's gone in and had, I think, the most excruciating scene in film of a father and a son in a bedroom I've ever seen. With the... The karate, like, are these are you are these hands of yours? Are they registered weapons yet? Uh, like, no. And he, you know, like even the kid is rolling his eyes at the gurning and the, puts a thing around his head, like, yeah, yeah. Oh. I really enjoyed all that. Did you? <laughs> it was oh. really funny. He <laughs> <laughs> was. I've never heard Arnie go so high pitched and he treats no, the right, crane right, kick, right. doesn't he, from Karate Kid? And he goes, oh, yeah. what, what the it's just, like, what are you doing? It, 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 like, while I was watching it, I was like, oh, it's so uncomfortable. He doesn't want to do this, really. You know, yeah, that, that thought, kind of thing. I thought it was really funny. Oh, yeah, well, I, I think I agree with Simon there. I think whether it's good or not, he does lean into it. He, he does oh, try he his best. Everything like, to everything. Yeah. yeah, I'd 100% agree with that. He gives everything to everything. But no, I like that. I like that we disagree on that, actually. I really like that. Um, and and uh, they have this shocking... Like basically buys his son's affection and then brags about it to his wife. Well, that's the message of the movie, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Don't worry, commercialism wins family favour. Don't worry. I really, I also really like the bit with um, Jake Lloyd where um, you know when he says like, "Oh, what can I get for you Christmas?" and he just gets really excited, reeling off the toy. Yeah, like yeah, what yeah. he wants, and he's like, and he gets the the kung fu chops, and we got the he says five different phrases, and it's like you know, like a kid would be, you got yeah. super, you know, memorize the advert. He's seen yeah. it about fifty times, including the like accessories sold separately. Battery's not included. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was quite nice and lovely and endearing yeah. for a little kid to. I did like that. To do I that. agree. He was did very like excited. Bless yeah. him. Yeah, um, did like that. But so that's the challenge of the film. It's Christmas Eve. Well, the day before Christmas Eve, and Arnie, being so naive as a dad he is, thinks that he's fine to get this action figure the day before Christmas, and that's not the case. Even though his wife Liz, is, he's not only is he a terrible father, he's a terrible husband as well. Because she asked him to pick this up weeks ago, and he hasn't done it. <laughs> she doesn't deserve this. She doesn't deserve yeah. this rubbish. Outrageous, right? So he just rocks up at the toy store. At, at opening time on or just before thinking he can just stroll in and get a turbo man which is the hottest toy in the world at this time and uh, this is where we meet Sinbad the postal worker yes right uh, c- right uh, can we talk about Arnie's clothes from now yes on? yeah <laughs> yeah go ahead yeah because it's very rare i feel that you get an iconic um wardrobe set in a film that's not very not especially memorable and I think Arnie's comes up trumps here. What is iconic about this? I can't wait for this <laughs> Honestly, take at all. <laughs> Do you know? I, as I've mentioned, I'd not seen um, 
<laughs> Jingle all the way until allegedly last Christmas. <laughs> so I, I don't really have a great point for reference, but I did know what he wore in the film. So lovely pea soup turtleneck, uh, red flannel shirt over the top, and that absolutely gorgeous tan cashmere jacket over the lot of it. And he spends the rest of the movie running around in this thing. It's Ace. This is an outfit for a hero. It's just a shame he isn't one. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And this is actually, a bit, as he's on his way out to go and get the Turbo Man, um, we get introduced to CGI reindeer. Ooh, oh, yeah. Yes. Is, this, is, is this the reindeer bit? Um, it's the first reindeer bit. It's the first reindeer say, bit. Yeah. Before he gets it drunk. He doesn't like old, old Howard, does he? No. He does not trust that man. Well, no. Um, he's not a good neighbour himself, really, is he? Everybody in the film is an asshole, right? Let's <laughs> don't get yes. around it. There aren't any redeeming characters. Apart from Liz. <laughs> yeah. And um, that's about it. Yeah, she's just put upon. I mean, like, yeah, yeah he's got an incredible bod, has Arnie, but, I mean, apart from else, he's bringing nothing to the marriage at all, <laughs> is he? No, no. Apart from, um, he does bring a lovely Atlanta 96 T-shirt to the table. Oh, yeah, that's nice, yeah. Um, what other FYR movie did that make me think about? Oh, I don't know, Rob. Uh, Children of Men. Yes, top man. London 2012, which was a genius bit of costume. In that it film. was, yeah, it was. Yeah, fantastic. Better than in this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was just letting us know that it was set in 1996. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was an Olympics this year. And Arnie wore that to set, and we're grateful to have him because it cost $25 million. Um, the Sinbad shakes his hand very quickly. Yep. in the queue for a toy shop, then absolutely has a massive meltdown and physically threatens a woman round the neck. Yes. <laughs> that's, his that's That's his comedy bit. He's, so, like, straight away you get that he is... Well, he's a postman, isn't he? And he's, yeah. he's the, like an angry conspiracy crackpot. Yeah. He starts off pretty bad and he gets worse. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the post US Postal Service need to be suing the makers of this film immediately for defamation <laughs> because the suggestion is that... The postal service are insane. I, I don't know about that. My dad was a postal worker. I think this is a pretty accurate portrayal of the government. I was referring to the US postal system, James, but are you oh, much do worse you over it? Insider information. <laughs> well, I was I was going to say that about um, related to my fa- like fathers in general because my dad always leaves his Christmas shopping to Christmas Eve. Always. <laughs> oh. he, but he he doesn't go to the toy shop. He just goes to John Lewis and gets everything from John Lewis. Nice. On Nice. The lazy, lazy man. <laughs> Gorgeous. Man. I love him dearly, but yeah. Christmas Eve shopping. He would very much be on Arnie and Sinbad's side in this uh, film. Because you get like outside of the outside of the shop, it's like I think this if I'm gonna sort of defend this film a bit, where there's a bit of misunderstanding of what the film's trying to do, because it really encapsulates how mad it is. Yeah. And how the commercial nature of Christmas has really overtaken mm. what the season's about. And instead of it being with your family, you know, having lovely merriment times, it's all instead about trying to buy shit for one another and receiving shit for one another and forgetting all that nice, lovely stuff. So this store is just a big toy shop. And when the doors open and boxes go flying and people go flying and the shop manager gets trampled and he's got chaos. Like, um, it's yeah, like he's Titanic. Got like a boot print on his face, yeah. <laughs> but as slapstick as this is, we we see footage of this every year. We do, um, yeah. yeah. Well, Black Friday, Black sales, Friday, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the, we had it this year with toilet roll when people were bloody in macro, like <laughs> ripping all the toilet roll from the guy with a pallet. Like, and it's really true that people can be absolute dickheads when it comes to buying yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I saw a lot of complaints in the reviews that it was bad because it focused on this commercial side of Christmas. But I think that's what it's trying to point the finger at. And yeah. go, look how ridiculous you mm. all are. Of of like our Christmas is now just wholly commercial. Totally agree. Um, yeah, I, I also think. Do you think this? Um, because the film is so starkly drawn in its. Because um, there's nothing subtle about this film. Is there? Let's, <laughs> no. Let's I mean, from out. here, it's just a series of escalating <laughs> practices, <laughs> isn't it? Just, and very broad brushstroke messages um, about meltdown, basically. <laughs> Um, nervous breakdown from a postman. Like, yeah, basically. Like, genuine nervous breakdown. Do you think it begins to start feeling um, in storytelling style a bit like a parable or a fable? You know, like you've got your signposted people, like, oh, well, don't do this because of this will happen or whatever. Yeah. And everyone's characters are turned up to 11. Like the people, this is in this scene, the people in the store are like, ah, he's not got the toy. Ah! You know, crying, laughing, and all this kind of stuff. None of it's real anymore. It, no. No, none of it is like, this isn't... I mean, it's, it's flipping jingle all the way. I know it's not supposed to be real. <laughs> but like, yeah. very little of it's rooted into anything I can relate to as reality. And I was just wondering what you felt about this. Yeah, no, I think this, I think the points that you both make there, like, it would work... The satire element of it would work better if Arnie had some sort of redemption and he didn't just get away with it because he managed to blag his way into a parade <laughs> at the <did>. end. <laughs> if they had yep. some sort of redemptive thing, it's like, oh yes, now he's seen the error of his ways. It's like, did it learn his lesson, did it? <laughs> it's almost like, no, be a complete shithouse and do what you want, basically, and you might get away with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, at the end, he shows up and he stood there and people dress him to win the movie, essentially. <laughs> they start putting things on him so he can go and win. That's, but that's we've got a lot of ground to cover before we oh, get we got to, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, Should yeah, we, we just go, go through the highlights of this? Because Let's do it. Like, individual um, Ted, moments. Ted puts a massive move on her. He calls home when he's actually trying to get the thing. The immortal line, who told you you could eat my cookies? Um, <laughs> absolutely outstanding. The cookies bit is probably my favourite bit of the whole thing. He thinks that Ted is now at home macking on his wife. Yeah, um, but he doesn't go home because he has to buy the love of his child first. He, he's got to purchase it. He's got to literally expend money so this child will love him because he's promised that. Insane in the membrane. Um, he goes to another toy store. There's a lottery with some balls. I made an absolute fool of myself today because my note-taking app on my computer is set on a dark setting on a Mac um, and... Everyone will know, you know, what that might look like. But um, it's also is dark setting on my WhatsApp as well. So I typed in the available box. Arnie takes balls slow-mo in the face. <laughs> and I sent that to a group of revered best-selling authors. <laughs> out of the blue. Just out of the blue. Just out of the blue. Did anyone come back and go, oh, jingle all the way? <laughs> no, <laughs> no one did. A lot uh, Numbers came back and said, I would like context, please. Um, that's a shout out to long-term listener and author, Mr. Robert Scrag. Um, yes, wanted context on that one. Um, so I got away with it. Um, but yes, there's slow-mo balls in the face. Um, yeah, there's and- a lottery, isn't there? Where Yeah, because um- yeah, a shop have got um, a new batch of dolls, but it's only a limited number and they 
double the price and uh it's like a lottery isn't it so you have to get the get a, a ball and they're, they're going to be drawn out for you to have the chance to buy one of these upmarked dolls basically yeah to jump on that what you said before si i'm going to jump on your train here like this is again another dig at massive greed and consumerism isn't it absolutely yeah yeah it totally is i mean sorry mm. to go all like film student on your ability well actually the deep context of jingle all the way is <laughs> But the only reason I mention it is because I like saw that all the reviews said how much of a negative it was, and it was like, but that's the point yeah. of the freaking yes. movie. Like that's what it's yes. saying. It's not like, but I mean, I, you know, as you say, when we get to the end and they sort of mm. <laughs> don't follow yeah. that through, <laughs> if <laughs> they paid it off, yeah, yeah, that would yeah. work. Yeah, um, but no, I think it's definitely in there. But it's a quite a short film, so it suggests that a lot of stuff has potentially been taken out as well. And his like, improv. <laughs> yeah, it's eighty-nine minutes, isn't it? So it's like with credits, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a scene where Arnie isn't running. <laughs> like, this is a oh, like non-canon sequel to The Running Man. But, yeah, he's just constantly on the move, like going yeah. everywhere. And from from the the mall, he bumps into Jim Belushi, doesn't he? He's like a yeah. Santa who gets gets wind of what he's what he's. And I, I think this is probably where we should spend a bit because for me, this is the highlight of the entire movie. Uh, Jim Belushi and his little shady elf who have got a little shady operation of, of, of dolls which they sell to these desperate dads. <laughs> I mean, this is the most mental part in the movie, and there's a lot of weird stuff happens in this. <laughs> so yeah, he goes to, go to a big warehouse, doesn't he? Um, which is basically Santa's workshop, uh, but the pirate version. <laughs> but now I'm like, I'm in this thing with you guys now. Like, this is a, um, a, a, a takedown of consumerism and capitalism. And, yeah. and Christmas greed. I'm with you guys now on this. So um, this is the perfect vehicle and place to explore that, where Santa, or like the kind of, the entity of Santa is a mythical con man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Populated by hundreds of people. All doppelganger Santas who are all up to the mm-hmm. same game, uh, yeah. with all these little elves. All <laughs> crooked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, 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 sells him, he sells him a doll and it, t- he, he, you know, he, he doesn't trust them, obviously. So he t- he takes out the box and he finds out it's a Spanish one, and it's broken, <laughs> and it's so broken. It's so crappily made, and he's like, oh, "I want my money back. Give me my money." And then, uh, <laughs> and then it all just kicks off. All the yeah. <laughs> like every problem that's uh, resolved in this movie, violence erupts. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this film is only a few blood bags away from being a hard R, like an eighty. <laughs> oh my yeah, God. Like, but he starts to kick off, and he he starts off as just like a sort of playground fight with him and Jim Belushi. But he, I mean, he completely floors him straight away, and then and and a Santa comes down with nunchucks and starts throwing nunchucks. About. I don't understand what's going on. I mean, it's so funny. The big show comes out. What's the line he says? He goes because yeah. he, he he does away with nunchuck Santa, and then he comes down and just goes, "I'm gonna deck your halls, bub." <laughs> it's just, oh, it's the big show. He's got no top on, just just brilliant. some braces. <laughs> <laughs> and then no sooner so do we see fun. him that he's punched two foot Vern Troyer <laughs> as hard as he can, <laughs> smashed him through a wall. And what does he say? Oh, little guy. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I am creasing at this bit. I just think this is so funny. I was laughing my head off. Oh, dying. I was laughing my head off. Dead. Yeah, absolutely dead. 
it's just so so funny and it's it's bananas what's it just all yeah. kicks off and then cops raid it <laughs> start raiding and uh, uh, in defense to arnie i think this is where he's at he's he really does a good comedy bit here where he sort yes. of sees a cop badge, doesn't he, in a box of toys. And he, that's how he's, he's out. The cop's like, who are you? And then he's going, oh, this is the worst operation I've ever seen. And he shows his badge there quick. Yeah. Like, oh, I want he's the cop. pulled out of a toy box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's really good. Yeah. That's, and, and I think what, that's him at his comic best at this bit. Well, I think he's I, really I also funny. think it's the best written moment of the film as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. It is, because it's a really good moment, really good Fun moment. I really like that. Rob, you've got uh, children who I assume still believe in Santa Claus. My son's a little bit too young for Jingle All The Way. Yes. Well, we, we lost one this week. Oh, I see. Not a child, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them believing Maybe we in... should stop the record. If we're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I mean, one of them believing in Father Christmas, yeah. yeah. She announced it. Oh, wow. And, uh, well, yeah. did the middle child, ha- unless it was the middle child who... <laughs> I mean, all bets are off where she's concerned, but considering she gave Jingle All The Way 9 out of 10. (laughs) Did she have any uh, interesting questions about the portrayal of Santa Claus in this movie? No, because... (laughs) (laughs) Because, uh, uh, truthfully, I picked this to watch this film after tea, after bath time, just before bed, because that's when they're the most tired, and she lay and watched it on the floor for an hour and, uh, well, you know... 26 yeah. minutes so um, yeah uh, so she didn't ask anything I would imagine tomorrow morning there'll be all these <laughs> questions yeah are Santa's really that little are they really uh, that big are they all criminals <laughs> <laughs> why is there so many of them <laughs> we'll find out tomorrow so from there he, he extrapolates himself from that ridiculous situation and he ends up in a diner doesn't he oh, oh he has he shouts at his kid for no reason <laughs> Oh, he's so mean to him, bless him. I didn't have to hear with Turbo Man. <laughs> the voice is all over the place now. It's not even pretending to be on here anymore. Yeah. And then, um, you know, to to make the situation better, he decide, he meets up with Sinbad again in this diner and they decide to start drinking hard liquor in the middle of the day, just casually pouring liquor into coffee that they've bought at the diner. The guy there doesn't, doesn't give a no, shit. He doesn't care. Both of them are driving. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, and then there's a radio phone in, isn't there? Um <laughs> To win a Turbo Man. And uh, again, violence ensues. And this it's just unreal. Like, they start knocking seven shades of shit out of each other. I don't understand this. I mean, like, I know this is probably retribution for Sinbad um, pepper spraying Arnie earlier. Yes. Um, which he didn't seem bothered by. Iron constitution of Arnie. Um, but the, this, this is the most uneasy bit of the film here. Where they go to a, <laughs> they try to answer a radio phone in competition to win a Turbo Man, and the the lovely helpful gentleman who owns this place says it's just round the corner. Just go go yeah. round to the studio after his like phone booth has been destroyed yeah. and all the oh, tables ripped gone it up and all sorts. Crockery has been smashed oh, it's everywhere. A <laughs> it's just working Christmas Eve. This poor guy in his little diner, and he's just like, oh god. It's you know he's he's massively helpful for <laughs> yeah he's just going to send the biggest bill to the nation's most successful mattress company <laughs> yes <absolutely laughs> for the expenses for what happened but they go yeah they go to the the, the radio station there's an incredible old dude with a ponytail yeah this and... isn't how radio phone ins work you can't just rock up in person because you happen to be in the area <laughs> <laughs> like... I mean this is this is the behaviour of an absolute madman. 
this is a kids movie. It's PG, by the way, and uh, yeah, Sinbad basically commits an act of terrorism <laughs> twice. <laughs> twice. Twice. He's a domestic terrorist. <laughs> I mean, he just gets a, a package, doesn't he, and, pre- and says it's a bomb so he can get his own way. And uh, he's like, all right, this is going a bit... Even Arnie backs off, like... And, and this is what I was saying before about the, the jokes are very Looney Tunes, Acme type to treat bombs like this because one of them goes off in a policeman's hand. Uh, I mean, yeah, so the, the ponytail <laughs> right, this is... wearing disc jockey... Um, he calls the police rightfully because he's got two units fighting in his studio, <laughs> having kicked the door in. That, like when he one scene, he's got a so bomb. Funny. Yeah, <laughs> and shouting, <laughs> "Dancer Prancer, Donna Blitzen!" <laughs> Absolute <laughs> lunatic. And anyway, the police are called, and uh, Sinbad and Arnie create a diversion and run away, don't they? And the guy uh, who's had several run-ins with Arnie at this point. <laughs> Says that he's on the bomb, uh, on the bomb squad, and goes to open the package, and it cuts outside to Arnie, and then up above, you see this explosion come off, and I, I didn't think we were going to go back inside. No, the neither did so, I. Neither did I. I was like, fucking hell. I genuinely <laughs> thought all those police officers were dead. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that because I was when it went, oh, I don't remember that bit, and I was like, "Holy shit, it was a bomb!" <laughs> like, what? The <laughs> and they just casually just look up and go, "Meh," and carry on. But I mean, like, making making comedy of the notion that the, the U.S. mail service is like trafficking bombs around America that are live <laughs> is is a bold step. <laughs> I mean, this is a bold step for a Christmas family film, like as well. <laughs> Let's throw in some hard themes of domestic terrorism. <laughs> Bear in mind that, like, the Unabomber has happened in America. Yes, at yes. This point. Jesus. And, uh, but it's all right. We cut back, and it's just uh, like a Looney cartoon, and he's just got a bit of soot on his face. It's like Home Alone, isn't it? Yeah, got, yeah, yeah. His, his hair's a bit messed up, and he's got a bit of soot on his face. <laughs> Did you not think he looked quite a lot, a lot like that guy from... Um, was it? I don't think it was Police Camera Action. What was the police show where there was a guy who was terrible at pun, puns, and he had white hair? Oh, I, yeah, he used you to be a guy. cop, didn't he? He um, did, yeah. Texas like, Ranger or something. Yeah, yeah, it was always like, that guy was running so fast, he could have won a medal. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, it's like just the, the most god-awful pun. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And now tonight, he'll be enjoying his crystal meth in jail. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does very... What is that guy called? What was that? What is of? he? What is he? You know who I'm talking about. It... Yeah, I know. But he reminded me of him, you know. And I, I quite I would have quite enjoyed it if he bought that shtick to the yeah. to the playing field here. We're on the home straight here. So they have it. Yeah, <laughs> well, they have almost. The They've just got oh, the, um, the voucher, haven't they? And you know, they find there's not a doll there. And he goes home and yeah. uh, he sees Ted Mackin on his wife again. It's really um, raining shit on Howard at this point in the movie. <laughs> it's it's like last, you know, his last throw of the dice. He remembers he had a conversation with Ted earlier, and you get that lovely thing, you know, like um, it's perfect because it's Phil Hartman's voice as well. Because it, it this it reminded me of The Simpsons, where you get that lovely like echoey voice of what happened in the past. And oh like, yeah, yeah, we got yeah. one nestled safely under our Christmas tree, <laughs> under our Christmas tree. <laughs> Under the tree. <laughs> and it's like just playing off, echoing in the background of Phil Hartman's lovely Troy McClure voice in the background. <laughs> I, uh, Troy, uh, what's it, the Troy Hartman? Phil Hartman's face, he's, um, he looks like a brother of um, 
our, our old favourite rigatoni buitoni, Larry... Uh... Larry Miller. Larry Miller, yeah, yeah. I think they're related. <laughs> I think they're well, related. Great for Surely Phil Hartman. Um, incidentally, a lovely man with both Arnie and Rita Wilson saying he was a delight to work with, apparently. Yeah. Um, Love it. But yeah, then, so Howard resorts to stealing uh, a present from... <laughs> Uh, Ted's house, which is obviously for his son, who's now spoiled because his parents have, have had a divorce and the kid loves it, doesn't he? Because he's getting all the presents. He loves it so much he's advising other children to entice their parents into divorce. <laughs> but he re- he realises that he leaves the house and he realises that um, he's at a low point. This is the lowest point he's been and he's like, oh, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. But he runs into his old reindeer mate again, who we know doesn't like him very much. And then, so instead of just stealing the present, he destroys Ted's house. <laughs> Sets it on fire. It's just bananas. There's a reindeer loose in the house, smashing through doors. <laughs> it, there's a nativity scene that he ruins and he boots one of the heads in the fire. At some carolers. Like, it's absolute <laughs> insane. It's it's unbelievable, the carnage over the, this. The, the audacity of them coming into the house, his wife and Ted, and him saying, it's not what it looks like. It's exactly what it's it looks precisely like. precisely what it looks like. <laughs> you destroyed this poor man's house. Yeah, you might be trying to get off with your wife, but there's no need for this. This is beyond the pale. It's Christmas Eve. Yeah. Again, if Arnie had bought the... The doll weeks ago, like he said, then yeah. none of this would happen. Yeah, so. and um, and then in the house, he punch him. He's not done enough damage. He punches <laughs> the reindeer in the face. This is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Right, so they're disgusted and they leave. I mean, if they've only stayed another thirty seconds, I mean that's divorce on the spot, isn't it? <laughs> Your Honor, he punched a reindeer. Right, no access to the kids. Uh, but it's it's. <laughs> It's so funny because it's similar to the bomb bit where they make it all better because they cut back and he's having a beer with him. <laughs> it's just crass. He's just he's having a beer with a reindeer. Hey, mate, we got through that one. The reindeer looks at him and burps like, yeah, it's fine, mate, don't worry. These things Them's happen. the brain. <laughs> it's like they've just had a punch up in a car park over a game of pool. <laughs> Oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Sorry, have we stumbled on the funniest film of all time? But the punching of the reindeer, I mean, he gives it a massive sort of... It's like a right-angled uppercut to he the jaw. It's Anthony Joshua-esque. Like. It is, and it, it, it sparks the reindeer out. Is there a lost scene where he carries the reindeer outside into the snow? Oh, oh you stupid animal. Oh. I, I don't understand. And then while they're drinking, they're drinking him and a reindeer. That's let's yeah. make that clear. And then at his sat- house as well. He's taken the reindeer to his house. Oh, he's taken the reindeer home. I thought I, he was still in Ted's I assume garden. they're his beers. Otherwise, he's even worse than I thought. And he's pilfering <laughs> Ted's beers. beers. <laughs> After setting his house on fire, breaking his window, and concussing his reindeer, now he's stealing his beer. <laughs> Horrendous. Ted's going to get back after this awful day. I mean, we know what eventually happens to Ted. Finding a, a reindeer vomiting in his downstairs bathroom, <laughs> having had too much to drink. Because he's both concussed and pissed. Yeah. Like... In, in a stellar act of animal cruelty. I mean, this is it's up there with all the good stuff, this one. There was some animal cruelty in the movie Antichrist with Willem Dafoe. This surpasses him, I think. Chaos rain. <laughs> That's what the rain did, should have said after we got a pint. 
literally chinned wine all down myself. <laughs> uh, they go to the parade. Uh, Huzzah! Yeah. Final act time now for the parade, which we've we've been promised like all the way through the film that there's going to be a parade at the end. What's the name of the parade? First to say it. Oh, I don't know. Oh. I remember the guy who was presenting it on the telly. It's something really crass, like Winter Mania or something like oh, that. James, oh, James, I'll have to give it to you. Winter Chain. Oh, Winter <laughs> yeah. uh, and, it, and the weatherman who's presenting it is called Gale Smokes. <laughs> I mean, fucking hell. Is this even a real movie? <laughs> oh. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. <laughs> um and I think this is my favourite bit of the film, actually. The scene where Ted fully macks onto Liz, mm. on his wife, yeah. and yeah. gets um, eggnogged in the head. Really yes. liked it. Yeah, She's having none of it at all, is she? Because she's got no, no. Arnie, Phil Hartman. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's 100% true. Well, well, he's going to the parade, isn't he, to prove himself as a father, <laughs> to be with his family. <laughs> He has another, yeah, he has another running with a cop, doesn't he? Oh, not again. Uh, you know, having survived a bomb blast, <laughs> their last altercation. I mean, I don't know about you or how things work in the American police force uh, in Minnesota where this is set, but I'd expect the day off if a bomb, if an explosive device had just gone <laughs> off in my face. I wouldn't expect to be worse Straight security at a parade. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go, mate. Here's your pomade. Get back out there. <laughs> hey, we've bandaged your hands so you can't actually operate your weapon if you need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't. Or the motorbike, which is his, which is his method of transport. And here's what. Hang on, as well, you know, like when. No disrespect, but when was a motorbike cop a bomb expert? Well, <laughs> well, he see, he wasn't, was he? Well, he clearly <laughs> wasn't. Well, no, he did say I was. I was a head of bomb squad for five years, like. Why are you now on a motorbike, mate? Because he's been busted down because he was so terrible in the bomb squad, <laughs> yeah, hence the bomb yeah. going off in his face. So when the bomb went off, he was like, oh, not again. <laughs> oh, that's why I'm not on the bomb that, squad. That, that's <laughs> why I'm earning less. That's why the ki- kids are getting beans for Christmas. Yeah. Ah, got it. Well, um, at least the building didn't come down with me as well this time. <laughs> <laughs> Arnie gets dressed up by pure chance as... Turbo man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and shoved onto a float. And he's waving at everyone, going, I could get used to this. It's a cracking um, parade, to be fair. Yeah, it's great. Got, to, to everyone's there. Turtles there. Sonic the Hedgehog's there. Paddington Bear's there, for fuck's sake. Like. Yeah. Cat in the hat. <laughs> you, you can understand why, why he's been mistaken as the guy who plays Turbo Man, considering he's the most henchman in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, look, an absolute brick toilet house has walked into the back of our warehouse. It, must it has be to be here. It has <laughs> it to be this guy. But this, it goes really dark at this point as well, because like they, they, there's a suggestion that the guy who was originally playing Turbo Man had a horrific injury and now he's got brain damage. <laughs> it's like, fucking hell. And then the, the guy playing Booster makes a really, like, slightly racist joke when he says he's sweating like a dog in a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus, the jokes go a bit south in this, in this film. Nothing like educating the kids with some good old-fashioned xenophobia. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's also stoked by uh, Sinbad, who, who shouts whenever Arnie doesn't want to be with him, this is racism! This is racist. Ah, oh, dear. I think Sinbad is really having the throw. You can either watch this as a film where it's like one 
bad father trying to find the spirit of Christmas or another father who's having a full-blown mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah, Sinbad I, I, is, does not go for a good time in this. In this let's put it this way. This is Sinbad's last Christmas as a free man. Like He's he, going he to prison for a long time. He has saying at the end, um, oh, my son will be delighted. No, he won't. His dad's just arrested and thrown in prison for the rest of his life. Of course, attempted murder, which we'll get to. Oh, I've got a turbo doll that always reminds me of what my dad did. Thanks for that. (laughs) Cheers, Dad. Uh, Anyway, yeah. Oh, it just so happens this this suit that Arnie has has all the relevant powers of of Turbo Man, so he can jet about all over the place. Um, he, He at one point even goes jarringly close to space <laughs> before turning around and going back down. He's, he's very close to death during this whole sequence, isn't he? Very, very close to death. Yeah. Absolutely. I, um, consumerism Iron Man is having a terrible day. Um, he is, yeah. Well, so Simba is trying to murder his son because there's a there's a limited edition Turbo Man doll, which is absolutely ginormous as well. Like, it is. That is ridiculous. play with that. It's the size of a skateboard. It's absolutely huge. Why would you play with that? I mean, yeah. There's no way. It's absolutely no way. There was a lovely little uh, cinematic reference there where uh, Sinbad asks six-year-old Jake Lloyd if he's seen Vertigo before because he's <laughs> yes. afraid of heights. <laughs> yes, unlike the mem- some members of this podcast. Well, he's more city literate than two of the hosts of this pod. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it harked back to um, uh, Last Action Hero. Yeah. Boy being yes, held, yeah, oh, boy yeah, on the rooftop yeah. being, it's, it's very similar, uh, yeah, it? yeah. I also felt there was a nod there, um, but you're absolutely right. Sinbad has gone full homicide here. Yes, he um, sir. He's happy to kill this kid for a Turbo Man, which is the, I think, the last step Arnie wouldn't have crossed. <laughs> <laughs> he's done everything else. He just hasn't been tested. I think if there had been a child in his way, then. <laughs> Well, last time he tried it, he ended up getting getting called a pervert. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. And then he gets down, he saves, he zaps around and saves Jake Lloyd. Yeah. It's great because Arnie has um, scammed his way into his family's affection, basically. His wife loves him and says, Howard, Howard, when she sees him in the red lycra outfit. She thinks it's amazing. Um, And... You know, I mean, like, you go to bed with that fella every night. I mean, you know he's absolutely stacked out of his mind. So I don't know why this She's is just got surprised. a kink for for, for uniform. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's well, good all that her. is. Good for her. Uh, truthfully, the life she must live, she deserves all the happiness she can get. <laughs> I think he looks pretty rocking in the suit, old Arnie. Yeah. Oh, I agree, totally. He never totally. played a superhero, did he? He played Mr. Freeze. That was the closest he got yeah, to. Uh, and, uh, that's the year after this, yeah. so it's it's not a good run for no, him. Is it? But no, he looks good. But imagine if, if you were in uh, Jamie's position as what a seven-year-old kid and your favourite character in yeah. the world. Oh yeah. And then oh, it, oh, it yeah. turns out it's your dad. You'd, you'd just be, forget all the bad parenting he's done and just be <laughs> absolutely jazzed that your dad yeah. is Turbo Man. Oh, so this is why you were turned. Yes. Ah. Ah. Ah, great. I'm Howard from Minnesota. <laughs> I am a mattress guru. <laughs> um, right, give me your best bits. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, you think that the movie ends there, but did you guys stick around for the post-credit sting? I did watch the post-credit sting. There's a post-credit sequence. That, there was, uh, that Arnie was what? doing long before the MCU was doing. 
because it's at this revelation, they go back to, they're having a lovely family Christmas. He's putting the star on the tree. It's like, oh, finally we're getting some Christmas after every, <laughs> just while the uh, cinema staff are in there sweeping up the popcorn. <laughs> like, mm. uh, as everyone's filed out, it's literally right at the end of the credits. And um, basically his wife, Liz, uh, asks him, what did you get me for Christmas? And he turns to the camera, crash zoom, sequel bait that never arrived. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even got her a present. Seriously. But what would he do? Where would he be going? Like he'd have to go Christmas morning. It's like three in the morning. What's he going? He's going to go to the garage and get her like some windscreen. <laughs> he's breaking into Toys R Us, isn't he? Even though she's not a child, but he's completely lost the plot at this point. Well, I mean, the inference that they've let him go home with the Turbo Man outfit suggests that. Yeah, it was like, pretty heroic when he saved his son from falling to his death. So I was yeah. like, and they're all super like, chill about it, so I'm sure she'll be fine with him not getting her, getting her a gift. Get him. Bug nuts movie. <laughs> he got uh, two mattresses that were left. <laughs> the Christmas rush. <laughs> I didn't know about any of that. Obviously, after this is finished, I'm going to go and research that end credit sequence. Best bits, fellas. What you got? Oh, I mean, much to my... Disappointment, my favourite bit is when he punches the reindeer and then has a beer with him afterwards. <laughs> it's more that after he chins the reindeer, sparked out on the floor with his eyes open, the reindeer just walks at him like, like he'd just been hit by a train, basically, and on he's like, ah, oh, me fucking hand. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm with you, James. That's my favourite bit. I can't get over it. The fact that he like it, it's like just before he punches him, it's like he says something like, "Right, I've had enough." Like, like it was all a game <laughs> until this point. Like, it was all like this was all acceptable until you charged at me. Now I'm gonna knock you out. I mean, my my backup was when the Big Show punched uh, Vern Troyer through a wall. So like, this is very much my level. There's something wrong with me. I think that's definitely my favorite bit. Like the fight with the Santas. I. One, I completely forgot about that bit, and I just gen—I thought it was genuinely hilarious. Like the whole sequence from start to finish in that warehouse, I just thought was brilliant. And um, you know, the, I'm gonna deck your halls, bub, was hilarious. And then the, <laughs> yeah, that's a the, good line. I was line in the crying movie, I of laughter. And then um, the sound effect where he gets like a big novelty candy cane and like knocks out like four Santas <laughs> in one go. And yeah, he just smacks the uh, yeah, that whole sequence was, I thought, was genius. I'm not I really thought it was. I really enjoyed that. Um, can I ask then, in which case, um, FYR? So, this is a film that captures the true meaning of Christmas rampant materialism, buying your child's love, and violence against your fellow man and animal. <laughs> Look, objectively speaking, it's absolutely appalling, but that doesn't mean it's completely without merit. Arnold is game for anything and fully leans into the nonsense. He, it's genuinely hilarious how many batshit insane turns the narrative takes during the brief but manic 85-minute <laughs> runtime. I don't know if I'm laughing at it or with it, but I'm laughing and that's half the battle. 
Yeah. It's no classic, but if you're in the mood for a truly bonkers Christmas curio in which an Austrian bodybuilder named Howard destroys half a city in pursuit of a child's toy because he's a terrible father, well, <laughs> in those very specific circumstances, you could certainly do a lot worse. <laughs> you could watch a sequel starring Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> Can't think of... I mean, what an assessment. Oh. Sorry, I mean... Are you with James? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So it, it's not going to go down as a Christmas classic like a Home Alone or a Gremlins or an Eyes Wide Shut. Um, but, <laughs> uh, I really did get a kick out the chaotic nature of, of Jingle All The Way. It's it's completely bonkers. But amongst all the carnage, I thought, uh, well, I got it, I thought there was a really sweet performance from Jake Lloyd in it, even though he's been absolutely rinsed on this recording. <laughs> I thought he was. I thought he was really quite sweet as the as the really innocent kid who just lo- loved his dad and what he wanted his dad to love him. Oh, now I, I feel awful. Um, and Say I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And um, and and Ar- Arnie just having a laugh. Yeah. Um, I'll, I will always find great joy in him repeatedly going gah, gah, uh, in between slapstick gags. Um, on the whole, like Christmas films aren't necessarily the peak of cinema. Um, and this one definitely isn't. <laughs> right, really isn't. But it doesn't have to be if you can sort of watch it every now and again on Christmas, if you're wrapping presents or just have it on the background when you're doing dinner um, or just to maintain that Christmas spirit to have a laugh at Santa's getting beaten in the face with novelty candy canes. <laughs> um, and, I, and I think Jingle All The Way fits into that category, no problem. Very interesting, fellas. Um for myself, <laughs> I, I this film is absolutely insane. <laughs> There's no part of this film where I'm watching it going, uh, this is, I, I, mean, I don't know what I'm watching half the time in this. I'm watching a guy in Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's a bona fide movie star, proven, tried, tested, who is giving everything <laughs> to this shameful story of a terrible father trying to buy his family's love and affection against a backdrop of themes that are appalling. (laughs) (laughs) They're just appalling. But at the same time, they've all gone for it with such heart that I I cannot begrudge anything I've seen here at all. Um, The big test for me is Christmas. So we're, we're, we're recording this early mid-December. What is it tonight, guys? Is it the 8th of 8th? December today. 8th of December, right. And my kids are all clamming for Christmas. And they've watched everything, all the classic Christmas stuff I can throw at them. Um, but they sat still for 86 minutes to watch every minute of this. Unbelievable. And, the perfect uh, the family pro- Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for me, that's job done in terms of a Christmas movie. That's what you want. Ideally, that's what you want. Um, it's a complete mess, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I did. I can't really say much more than that. I, I don't. I don't know how I enjoyed it, but I really did. I wouldn't ever tell anyone it was good, but I probably will watch it again one Christmas, <laughs> right? And I did laugh all the way through it, right? So, same here. And I don't really know why. I think, I think like maybe on the eighth of December next year, the kids will come to me and go, like, "Hey, Daddy, Dad, tradition, jingle all the way tonight. <laughs> New, tradition, New tradition, jingle all the way tonight." 
Seriously, I don't, I don't, I don't know how it's happened. But no, but there is, there is definitely something really engaging and enjoyable about watching um, a star of Arnie's might fighting with preschoolers in a ball pool, <laughs> you know, and being called a pervert. There's something, you know, like you can't say he's not gone for it. There. Um, oh dear. So yeah, that's it's a definite. It's a full house. DRC, Dave Rokar, my man, it's great to have you uh, suggesting this one tonight. Thank you for everyone that voted and participated in the polls. Um, that is a, um, a triple whammy, FYR, jingle all the way. Um, <laughs> are we are we misty-eyed at the minute, guys? Because we're FYR in everything. Like, telling everyone, like, you've got to see this again. I think that's generous. I don't think I said under a very specific circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I had an absolute hoot with this, not because it's good, but there's merit in every film if you're willing it's to look for it. Of course, there like. is. James, <laughs> you, you, that has to be a, a, a t-shirt slogan. There's merit in every film. Yep, and there is, and that's the real spirit of Christmas. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. Honestly, on what a note, listeners, thank you so much for joining us in 2020. Um, it's been an absolute barrel of poop this year, um, but one of our highlights, um, and I'm sure I can speak for my colleagues here, is uh, spending it with you talking movies. Absolutely. So thank you very much for joining us. Merry Christmas to you all. Have a super festive period. And fellas, it's been great spending it with you too. Yes, oh, yeah. you too, Absolutely. Rob. And, and Nicholas Cage. Uh, we spent it with Nicholas Cage. <laughs> well, I can't wait for that. Yeah, looking forward to Christmas Eve already. Um, <laughs> Caramel suppers all around. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, for the listeners, we will have a cheeky little special uh, to ring in the new year, and then we'll be back to normal service in January, won't we, guys? Yes, we certainly shall. Certainly shall. Big things in 2021, and I think big things for us all. Absolutely. Take care, everyone. Peace and love. Um, I'm going to go, and I'm just going to go and put £100 on the table in the kitchen, and assume that my family will love me for it. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Oh, these cookies! I gotta get the recipe from Les. Put that cookie down! Now!